Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back. We're going to finish up a series that we started last week. The series was on, let me find my notes. Oh, it's the five reasons why it's time to consider maybe replacing, firing, upgrading your broker. And here's the reason that we do. We, uh, You guys, most of you have been listening to us for years. This is a topic that is most appropriate for this time of year because many of you are at the point where you're looking at your numbers for the last 12 months or almost 12 months. You're looking at your numbers in terms of uh, you know how much money you made, how, much, how many units you did, and maybe you're doing your taxes. You're having those types of conversations, but you haven't yet quite figured out what you're actually paying to your broker. And it's been very a fascinating experience to me over the last, I would say, eight months talking with agents pretty intensely about um, choosing a broker. It's been very fascinating to me to observe how many of you really have no clue how much money you're making from your real estate or how much your uh, broker is, is charging you. And I'll give you a typical, for example, like a lot of you will be paying um, your broker something along the lines of 70-30, even though you think you're on something like an 85 or 90% split. And what's happened is a lot of these brokers, especially if you're involved in these big companies, what, they'll, what they're doing is they're charging you a royalty fee. They're charging you something on top of what you would normally be thinking is just your real estate commission, but you guys don't actually think in terms of having it be what it actually is, which is an expense towards your profit. So, for example, it might be 7% or 6% or something like that, and it's called sometimes a royalty fee or it's called something like that. And the broker has to pay that to whatever the franchise is. How that money's split, I really have no idea, and it doesn't really matter because Julie and I are focused on basically you guys, agents. Um, so the bottom line is, is when we have these calls and you say, well, Tim, I sold you know, 22 houses this year or whatever it was, and I ask, what's your average commission? And you'll tell me, and then I say, okay, well, then based on that, that means you had a, a gross revenue of this amount, and how much did you actually put in your pocket or how much you, you know, how much did the broker pay you? And then the number is, like I said, it's, it's shocking how little it is in some cases, and you guys don't stop to do the math. You just, get, you just accept the fact that, okay, well, I guess this is all I'm supposed to get. This is what I'm supposed to get. And here's the other thing that's fascinating I've learned. A lot of you are on – like what would be maybe an 80-20 with a 6% royalty. I see that. I'm seeing that a lot. Um, but there's no cap. So you're going to be on 80-20 with a 6% royalty forever. And then I see other times where I'm seeing agents that are similar deals, maybe the net after the royalty fee is somewhere in the low 70s. But then they have transaction fees and they have all these other added fees. Again, the point of being in business, guys, is to make a profit. And if you're spending that much money to your broker – uh, now, some brokers are great. Some brokers provide a lot of ancillary services, but most brokers really aren't doing anything. Um, one of the things that's in, you know, new agents think, well, I have to choose the, a big-name broker because people are going to do business with me because of my brokerage. No, they're not. People choose, uh, choose you to do business because of you. Uh, they will list with you. They will buy with you. You will, new agents, realize what I'm telling you is the truth after you've done five or six deals because then, then you will realize that you're – 
customers don't actually know what brokerage you're with. And that's kind of a fascinating epiphany because then you've got to ask yourself, well, why are you shoveling out so much money? You know, you have a commission check that comes in for 10000 Woohoo, you did great. But why is your commission check that you're actually putting in your pocket like five grand or 6500 And it even gets worse. These are all the things I've learned in the last eight months. It even gets worse. Some of you have gotten so uh, you know, used to paying these ridiculous referral fees. Um, your broker gives you leads. Oh, I love the leads I get from my broker. Okay, well, let's do some math on that. You're paying the broker split, then on top of that, you're actually paying a 25 or 30% referral fee. So your actual, do the math here, listeners. You guys can do this in your head. The actual amount of money, let's say that $10,000 revenue commission check comes in, the actual amount of money you make is like 2500 bucks or $3,000 before you pay for your, your overhead, before you pay your taxes, the, you know, the lunch you had to buy that real buyer, before you, you know, that. So the reason that most agents don't make any money, have nothing to show for the years, you know, again, let's use that example. 22 houses, let's say your average commission was $10,000, or you know, maybe you're from Columbus, Ohio, where Julie and I used to sell real estate, so your average commission is maybe 7000 or 8000 You're still doing good, right? Close to $200,000. But then you realize before taxes, your actual amount of money, before taxes and expenses, the actual amount of money that's showing up on your commission statement, on your actual income statement, is like 60% of the amount of money you earned. And then you have to go and pay your taxes. Then you have state taxes. You have federal taxes. Oh, and did we mention all the silly-ass crap you guys spend your money on, all the branding, all the, you know, all the lead generation, all this, that, and the other thing? And you keep on doing it. You keep on spending it. And then at the end of the year, you're sitting down with your accountant or maybe your spouse or maybe neither. You're just busily trying to hide your head in the sand when it comes to your finances, as is the case with most agents. And then you then realize that, oh, my gosh, I have made absolutely no money. And matter of fact, I've actually carried a little debt from my real estate business this year. It doesn't make sense. What am I doing? And then you start questioning yourself. And that's what kind of pisses me off, frankly, that our industry will actually not tell you guys the truth about what I'm telling you now. How many conversations have you ever had with anybody in your brokerage anywhere online where they talk about this very topic? This is one of those taboo topics, which makes no sense to me because the whole damn reason you got into business was to make a profit. That is the point. If you do not want to run a nonprofit business, that's fine. Call it a nonprofit business. But most of you got in this business so you can improve the quality of the lives of your life, the lives of the people you love, so you can have a richer, fuller life. And I mean that in the literal sense, right? Not just the figurative, oh, rich life because I'm happy and I get to smell flowers. No, I'm talking about because you get to pay off your debt if that's important to you, or you get to travel. You get to have those types of experiences. But when you get down to the brass tacks, you look to see how much money you're actually spending um, on all these types of things. And, and then no one's there to say, hey, you know what? That's not normal. That's abnormal. That's not normal that you're spending that much money and you're losing that much of what should be going into your pocket towards all these expenses. That's abnormal. Oh, and then somebody comes to town who's going to tell you to be a social networking guru, who's going to tell you you have to be on Instagram, and da, 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 da. And then next thing you know, you sign up for a coaching contract that costs you $7,000 that you can't get out of. And then on the coaching calls, that we're supposed to be coaching calls, you're hearing about how to you know, get Facebook likes and how to do all this other gimmicky stuff that does not work. So here's a little takeaway that some of you need to realize. And I was putting these thoughts together in, 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 to, in such a way that I could actually present them and have it make sense. 
because I know, Julie and I know all this stuff is just nothing but gimmicks. We know that's nothing but just basic ego, Marky, um, Mickey Mouse that distracts you from the real work. But it's confusing because I realize that everybody else on the face of the earth is saying do all the social networking and do all the branding and stuff. So here's a little way of thinking of it. If you are like a great coaching client like Chuck Williamson or Rob Johnson or one of these other guys or gals that we coach that are doing huge amounts of volume and don't do any real social networking or branding, okay, if you choose after you're already successful and after you already have cash flow, after you basically have already essentially learned what you needed to learn in terms of skill set and how to be proactive about getting your business, if you want to at that point, <laughs> build a brand and make yourself feel like a celebrity. If that's your thing, go for it. Now, you won't because here's the, here's the irony. This is a little twist. None of those people will spend money on branding and marketing advertising because they already know it's a waste of money, and that's the reason they went after the business the real way, which is the proactive way. They didn't get suckered into any of those ego-type things. When you guys go to an event and there's somebody up there – who's not telling you that the key to ever-increasing long-term levels of success is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. When somebody's not telling you that, which none of them are, when they're saying, oh, you just have to do more videos and you just have to get more on Instagram and you just have to do all this other stuff, you like that because there's no sense of being rejected and it does not require any real skill. So it's easy for you to say, okay, I want to do that because I don't ever have to have my feelings hurt because I don't ever have to do what I don't want to do when I don't want to do it at the highest level. And so you then follow that path. That's what all of this stuff is. It's basically trying to appeal to your lower self and try to sell you something for 5000 or $7,000. Many of you know what I'm talking about because you've made that mistake. Okay? Now, I, you need to give yourself permission to forgive yourself for having made that mistake because our world – as in the real estate world, is caught in an echo chamber of everybody saying the same thing about all this stuff being you know, effective at generating business. It doesn't. It's effective at making you feel like you're working. It's effective at making you feel like you're part of this cult of personality that you can then basically hide behind it, and, and then, you know, that's it. That's what this is effective at. It's not effective generating leads. So here, here's, the little, here's the dichotomy to all of this, because, again, I thought about how to present this to you guys. So if you have somebody who is willing to go after the work and they're after the business and they're proactive and they develop the skill set, they develop the disciplines, they develop all the things that you need to be fantastic at real estate. And then guess what happens? They start taking listings. They start doing all this. Uh, you know, they start making money. They have huge net incomes. Chuck Williamson, the guy makes uh, – he. You guys can listen to the podcast I did with him. We did it last week. It was great. The feedback on that podcast was fantastic. Just go to timandjulieharris.com or go to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. It's Chuck Williamson interview. The guy does 160 units. He's got one assistant. Um, he works pretty much every day for between four and six hours. He does not work in the nights and the weekends. He delegates most of his buyers. He has a listings-based business, and he gets all of his business proactively. His net income is about 90%. So in other words, when Chuck makes a million dollars, Chuck keeps about 900000 of it. In the team model, again, as so many of you find so seductive, what most people who are running a team who make a million dollars, they're only netting about maybe 120, but mostly around $100,000 before the personal taxes and personal expenses. Are you listening to what I'm telling you, listeners? I'm telling you what is called the truth. Do you want to hear it? 
Some of you don't. I know it pisses some of you off because you're so far down the rabbit hole with all this other stuff that someone presenting counter-information is an affront to what you want to believe in. And I get it. I understand it. But here's the problem. You know it doesn't work because it's not working. So you're going to keep on doing it because these gurus are telling you you're just not doing enough of it. They're going to tell you when you say, I've done all, these, all this damn social networking crap. Why isn't this stuff actually working to generate business like you said it would? They're going to say you haven't done enough of it. That's the only thing they can say. Okay? They're not going to tell you it wasn't effective in the first place. It was just some gimmicky thing to make you feel good. They're not going to tell you that. So when you do see... Okay, so here's the flip side. Let's say you fall prey of one of these social networking gurus. You go to this big feel-good conference. You jumped around on your chair. It was amazing. And you signed up for a $7,000 um, coaching program. And now you're showing up to these coaching calls. Again, I know many of you listening have done this before, so you know what I'm talking about. And now you're hearing from your coach, quote-unquote, who's probably never sold real estate before, about uh, you know doing social networking and Instagram faces. Blah, 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 blah. You go through this whole litany of things that you're supposed to be doing, and you say to yourself, okay, and you tell your husband, your wife, and your children, I am now on the right path. I'm going to do all this social networking stuff, and then people are going to start calling me. People are going to start beating on my door. I'm going to start getting leads. You might get leads, but you're not going to close deals because there's a huge difference between essentially the type of uh, leads you generate from doing social networking, which are mostly passive, social, not motivated type leads, than the type of leads that we teach you guys to go after. So you're Chuck Williamson. And, you know, like on the start of the podcast, jokingly, I asked Chuck if he had a Facebook page, knowing already he didn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need a damn Facebook page. And the guy still does 160 to 170 units per year. Every single agent in, across the country uh, – when you talk with all of them and you go and look what their business is, unless they're lying, they're, you're going to see a vast majority, if not all of their deals, come from the actual proactive activities that they did. A lot of them do the social networking stuff because of their egos, not because it generates business, because they think they're supposed to because it's trendy, not because it generates business. I want you to think about what I just said. I'll, I'm going to say it again in a different way. I will interview, and I have interviewed millions of these agents that are doing hundreds of homes per year. Some of them I will ask tougher questions to because I know they'll know the numbers. Most times I don't ask tough questions because I don't want to embarrass them. But the good ones I'll ask, for example, how many deals did you do last year, Bob and Sarah? And they'll say, we did 300 deals. Great. How many of them were on the buy side, sell side? They'll know. Then I'll ask, well, where did those deals come from? What were your biggest lead generators? And then they'll say, well, okay, this, these are the things that we do, and this is the percent or the actual number of deals that came from each of those sources. And what you're going to find consistently is that their business comes from centers of influence, past clients, and any proactive lead generation that they did. They might occasionally have, say this person, this lead came from Facebook, but it didn't really because what happened was is they had a sold sign in somebody's yard, and then basically somebody Googled them, found their page on Facebook, sent them an email or, from uh, Facebook, and then basically because they didn't ask a secondary question, was there any other reason why you called us other than, say, for example, a postcard or whatnot, when you ask listeners, when you ask the secondary question, you find the real source of the business. It's never the postcard. It's never the it's, – it's the – results that you've already provided to somebody else. People will call you when you basically are able to solve other people's problems. 
So if you think you can build a big, successful business, never really learning the real skill set necessary, never really learning how to present, never really learning how to pre-qualify, never really learning how to send a powerful pre-listing pack, never knowing how to solve the types of problems that you need to solve to be successful long-term, if you think you can build a successful real estate business without actually being effective at a very high level consistently because you basically have a big social presence, you are wrong. Because what's going to happen, knowing that most people choose their real estate agent, not because of how pretty they look on Facebook, but because they got a referral from somebody else, because that person solved the problem, sold the house that was impossible to sell, solved the problem that this person had, that's how people ultimately choose who they're going to do business with. And that person, let's say for as an example, if it's an expired or for sale by owner, or some other source of you know, proactive lead generation we teach you guys to do, that's going to be where the business comes from. Always, that's where the business comes from. The social networking types, the people who have actually been sold to believe that they can buy their way to success from being online celebrities, what you will discover and what they are discovering is that, again, you might get called out on the listing appointment, but you won't get the listing based on how many likes you have. You won't get the listing unless you know how to present, answer questions, overcoming price issues, knowing how to solve. Look, guys, if you're in L.A. or New York or Miami or some, one of these other markets where it's definitely pivoted towards a buyer's market and you go in and talk to a seller and the seller's upside down, losing money, going to have to even write a check at closing to get rid of the house, do you know how to have that conversation? You don't, do you? Most of you do not. You might fool yourself and think that you do, but you don't. Okay, here, I'll even make it more interesting. What if it's a house you sold to them, and now they're losing money on the house? Do you know how to have that conversation? What if it's a seller who basically bought this house, rehabbed it, you know, put all this money, efforts, blood, sweat, and tears in it off your original proclamation that it would be, quote-unquote, a good investment, and now they're going to lose their asses on the house? Do you know how to have that conversation? Do you guys get the point? What if it's a, you know, I give you example after example after example. Your social networking and your Facebook likes and all that crap won't mean crap when it comes to actually overcome those problems. Sorry, Julie, I got in a good rant because I just finished responding to somebody's email. Any thoughts on this? That's okay. Well, you know, what started the rant was the thought that these guys, many of our listeners, and we understand, been there, done that, hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, lived a life, walked in your shoes. This is not just because we read an article about it, Okay. What got you started on this was the discussion about their net and knowing what their actual profitability is, knowing what their actual split is, knowing what their actual costs are versus guesstimating versus thinking that it's normal when your colleagues say, oh, you know, that's how it is for everybody. You just see what you got at the end and that's what you save. Well, that's not a business plan. That's called luck. Okay, that's called being really living on the edge. So I think that that's what got you onto your very well planned out and thought out and true rant about you know things like buying leads and teams and things like that. So I'll never forget a uh, a newer coaching client had said, you know, I knew it was time to sign up for coaching when my broker, not even office manager or you know colleague, my broker said. Oh, prospecting is just what you do until you can afford to buy leads. And I will never yeah. forget that because he said, well, that doesn't make any sense. I want to actually end up with some money at the end of the transaction. So, you know, there's lots of iterations of your rant, but I think that it comes down to what the brokerage is actually offering you and that that does matter. Are you getting that value, and do they know how to define what that value is? 
That's what I was thinking. Thank you for reeling me. Thank you for reeling me back in. This is the reason that you know, <laughs> the reason Great. Julie and I have worked together so I'm well for, for thirty years. Yes, you. Thank you. Well, so let's get to it, guys. Here are the ten questions you need to be asking yourself. And I, you know, honestly, Julie and I talk about you guys too often between podcasts. It's an obsession of ours, and we, I'm, we, the constant talk conversation we're always happening, having is are we being direct enough, I don't want to use the word honest, but are we being brutal enough that you guys will pay attention on the podcast and listen to what we're saying? Because what we, don't, what we are living in fear of you experiencing is unnecessary hardship because we were ineffective at telling you what we knew to be the truth. In other words, I and Julie and all of our coaching staff, everyone who works for us, we cannot let it go, let anything get by us if we have an opportunity to help. So when I'm on the podcast with Julie and I'm walking the line to my mind because I don't want to offend people necessarily. Some people need a little offendy, but I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Some, again, it's necessary sometimes, but it's not something I prefer to do. And when I know what I'm telling you is right, it's because I've experienced it with so many coaching clients. And what I am personally fearful of for all of you is that so many of you are going to wait too long and suffer needlessly as your market starts to change. I've seen what happens in those types of markets that all these little gimmicky bullshit people that are in these bullshit businesses selling you this bullshit, guess what happened? They go out of business. They're gone. It's already happening. Look what happens, and I'm not going to rattle off names of companies, but how many of these big tech, wonderkin companies that are going to solve all your problems, CRMs, and they just quiet, they get some venture money, Inman writes articles about them, they speak at some conferences, and then what? They get a whole bunch of subscribers, the agents who are beta testing basically their supposed proven product, then come out of that conversation going, oh, that was some bullshit. Why did I buy that? You know, and then they didn't be. It, at the end of the day, what happens? Those companies fail. They go out of business. But they go out of business having taken your money. They go out of business essentially having swallowed up what should have been your profit because you were at a conference and everyone else was saying this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and you didn't slow yourself down and say, I am a proactive lead generator. I do not need to buy the snake oil. That's the power of knowing how to generate your own business. So we're going to go through these. So. It all starts with basically the broker you hire, because if you're in an environment with a broker or an office manager, and they're telling you to go to the event to learn social networking, and they're proponents of all this gimmicky crap, it's because they themselves never learned how to proactively lead generate. Ask them. You'll get the response that Julie just said. Oh, why would you want to do that? In other words, they never learned how to. They, if tried, did not do it well, and so that's the reason that they gravitate towards the passive, ineffective stuff, uh, right? You guys follow well, me here? It's a lot easier to tell them to buy leads, to do the passive stuff, than it is to learn it at a level that they can teach it themselves and set the example of having actually done it. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's a, it's a lot easier to say, hey, just you know, sign up for this, this uh, little funnel over here, and that will solve all of your lead generation problems. And then a month later, the agent comes into their office. It's not working. It's not working. We haven't done it long enough. You know, that's why you're in a contract with them, and maybe you're not following up well enough. It's, that's easier, but that's not even remotely coaching. That's not setting an example. That's just basically getting them the heck out of the office. Those of you who are mailing postcards and doing a lot of passive crap to, like, communities where you haven't sold a lot of houses, and I know a lot of you are doing that, let's say real or virtual, and you see somebody in your market 
take a listing. Why is it that that person or those people got that listing and you didn't even get called out when, after all, you've been mailing postcards to that neighborhood for two weeks for the last 22 years? Why? Why did they get called out? The same reason that they always get called out, because they had a connection, of, and that connection came from that agent having a proven track record of being able to solve other people's problems. You could do the best marketing, the best social this, the best video, but if you don't actually have a track record that comes from actually having been successful, which comes as a result of you actually doing what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do at the highest level and earning the right to have that listing, then you're never going to have the opportunity to really build a true business that has lots of profit. I hope, that, Julie, I hope in my heart that that makes sense. I know it's confusing because these guys, everywhere they turn, I see it everywhere. It's, these emails show up in my spam box, too. Guys, this stuff is just all a bunch of elegant lies. So let's focus on what we're here to talk about. And it's basically a top ten questions that you need to ask, okay, and when you're trying to decide whether or not you need to uh, switch brokerages. And I'm going to go through the, a few of these relatively quick because it's pretty obvious and we've already talked about them. Number one is your personal income as in your net income, has it been flat or on decline? That's a good chance you're in the wrong environment. Point number two, are you the best agent in your office? That one's hilarious. If you're, you know, if all of a sudden you sold, <laughs> how often have we heard this, Julie? I knew it was time to change my real estate office when basically I sold three houses and I was the agent of the year. I didn't realize that nobody else was doing any business. Okay, there's another one. Now, point number three, your colleagues or the brokerage in general are too negative. Julie, what's point number four? Yeah, so the point number four is your brokerage requires you to attend too many mandatory meetings and other time-consuming, non-dollar productive activities. Those things make it look like you're at work but are not bringing any money in. Number five, your broker or office manager shoots down every idea that isn't 1970s traditional real estate or having to do with Facebook and posting and Instagram and all that sort of thing. The broker offers no tech support or has no added value to be for you being an agent with their office. There's lots of iterations of that. Number six, your broker takes a cut out of every source of income, including BPOs, that's broker price opinions, home warranty sales, processing fees, everything they take a cut out of. Number seven, your broker offers no real support or help beyond transactions. I've had people say, you know, my broker never even actually sold much real estate. They've been kind of out of commission, as it were, for 10 or 15 years. They don't really know how to support you in today's environment. Number eight, you don't feel challenged or your brokerage is filled with complacent people. This is a good time of year to, to ask that. If your car is the only one in the parking lot, you are at a complacent brokerage. Back to you, Tim. Got two more to go. Yeah, yeah. I well, get ready for um, we have, Oh, you do have to get ready for PC. Okay. Point number nine: Your broker offers no profit share. Point number ten: Your broker offers no opportunities to purchase stock or offer stock award, uh, rewards. Many brokerages are uh, are public companies. Uh, only one offers stock rewards and, and obviously discounts when you buy stock. So here's the moral of the story. When you're thinking about where you want to land for your brokerage going forward, you've got to acknowledge the fact that the choices you've made in the past were probably valid for the environment in which you were finding yourself. Maybe you just got your license and it was 10 years ago and you chose the broker that was nearest to you and you, ha and you maybe are going to take it seriously and look at your income statement 
ask yourself why you haven't been saving more money, and then you're going to say, okay, I like the people at my brokerage, I like the environment, I like da 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 da, da but I got into business because I wanted to make a profit, and here it is, I'm in the, you know, I've maybe had my license and been with this broker for a number of years, and I'm not really seeing any significant movement in my actual financial outcome. That's a good thing, that's a good honest conversation, introspective conversation for you to have with yourself, and then the next move is you're going to want to seriously consider changing brokerages. Um, some of you will find that just by changing brokerages, your income will increase because you're going to be around a different set of people. Have you ever got – guys, when you go on like um, – Julie and I used to call it the golden cage, right? And it's so easy to do. You start having Groundhog Day every single day. You start literally having the same thoughts, eating the same food, doing the same thing. And there, there's lots of value to having the same thing happen every single day if you're trying to get yourself into the discipline of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. But the problem is, is that we continue to surround ourselves with the same type of people having the same exact types of thoughts, a lot of your success in life is going to be directly determined by the environment in which you find yourself. That's the physical environment, but also your social environment or your intellectual environment. So if you're surrounding yourself constantly with the same people you've always been surrounding yourself with in the same exact environment in which you've always been in, you're not going to change. You won't. You'll be exactly the same. And maybe you're okay with that, and that's fine. But at least give yourself the opportunity to excel and exceed beyond your expectations. Break free of your old software, guys, and maybe this is the time to load new software. So what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to talk and we're going to really drill down on, okay, now that you've maybe opened your mind to choosing a different broker, now what? How do you go about essentially putting all the pieces on the table so that into the new year you're not going to fall back into the same bad habits of essentially the you know essentially being complacent that's what a lot of you guys are and those 10 questions that we asked you if you find yourself saying well okay my broker does not offer stock options oh my broker does this the other thing oh my commission split is this oh, da, 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 da. it is an absolute prime opportunity for you to look at your options that's really what tomorrow's show is going to be about and we're going to walk you through and i'm going to tell you some of the best practices that julie and i've seen in the nation from all of our coaching and our speaking and all the rest of it in terms of what you want to what you insist what you deserve to have from your brokerage environment but ultimately, here's what I want your takeaway from today's podcast to be. Your present environment and your present experience on this planet is a direct reflection of all the thoughts that you had yesterday, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So if you do not like how you look, how you feel, how much money you have, what your experiences are, it's because – and it's not, if you're not far – if you haven't done what you wanted to do with your life, just being frank – if you are not the person that you hoped you would be, if you're really willing to be brutal with yourself and have those honest conversations, you've got to understand it's not because anybody did anything to you. It's because you made choices last, you know, over the last however many years in your life that have led you to the person you are today. If you do not want to be that person or you want to have a different version of that person, maybe you, you like most everything about your environment and your life and your experiences and all the rest of it, but maybe, hell, you want to start taking a couple months off a year. Maybe you want to lose 30 pounds. Maybe you want to buy a new this or the other thing. Maybe you want to be able to fully fund your grandkids' college educations. Maybe it's time to load new software because you've got to understand the current iteration of you is the culmination of all the previous decisions that you've made that have been predicated on the environment in which you found yourself in. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? So the easiest way – 
for you to start being introspective and opening up your mind to the possibilities that this time of year into the new year will present for you. The easiest way to do it is start by making a list of all the things that you would – it could be things, literally things, or it could be experiences. Or, you know, here's another thing. If you're, not a, if you're one of these people that insists that they're not attached to material goods, which is kind of some Mickey Mouse because we're spiritual beings in a material manifestation, but some people really do not like saying that they're, you know, material things are important to them. Again, don't agree, but there it is. A lot of people get stuck on that. Then I want you to describe what you, how you want to feel every day. What you actually want your your mental emotional state to be like every day, and is your present are, are the culmination of your past decisions? Are they creating that environment for you to essentially have the experience in this planet the way you want it? It's very fascinating, guys. If you don't do this for yourself, no one's going to do it for you. Nobody in the in our industry is going to have a conversation with you like we just had for the last 30 minutes. Nobody's going to tell you about no, you know why aren't you netting more money. No one's going to try to go in there and try to decipher your commission statement and try to figure out exactly what your net income is. Nobody's going to tell you not to waste your money on social networking and all the rest of it. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed Julie and I are the only ones that are saying what we're saying? Why is that? You know what? I'm done figuring out why. I don't really care why anymore. It doesn't matter. What matters is you. What matters is the, are the decisions that you make and the decisions that you are going to be make, go, making going forward. And it starts with having a real, frank, honest conversation with yourself about, you know what? You got into real estate to make a profit. And many of you have been in real estate long enough that you've got to realize what you're doing is not going to lead to making much of a profit. That's the reason you have no profit. If you want to change that, then you're going to have to change your approach to the business. You're going to have to start by thinking about, okay, I've got to do what I don't want to do, and I don't want to do it at the highest level. That's painful for some of you. I get it. So listen, guys, we're going to, I'm going to round the bend. If you want to communicate directly with me, you can do so at any time. Just text me, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And um, I would suggest also that you guys hop on Amazon. Or you can go to Barnes & Noble and buy our book, Harris Rules. It's like $11 on Amazon, I think. Some, it, it, you know, that's, I think, what the average price is. Definitely grab that book because it is a roadmap from A to Z of all the things you need to be doing to build a very profitable real estate business. We, we feature often people who have followed our um, you know, business advice with regards to building profitable real estate businesses, and you hear them on this podcast. You hear what they're saying. You hear how they're telling you how they live their lives. Maybe you should consider that that might be a, a – that's a, like a, a for example of maybe how you want to be pursuing your business going forward. Listen to those podcasts with Chuck Williamson and Rob Johnson and all the other great people we've interviewed. And really think about, does this make sense? Does this make sense that I got into this business to make profit? Does it make sense that I'm going to continue to beat my head against the wall doing some of this social networking stuff despite the fact that everyone's saying do it? Despite the fact that everywhere I go, everyone's saying do it, if it's not working for me, maybe it's not working for every, anybody, and maybe they're just not telling the truth or the whole truth, because that is the truth, what I just said. If you guys need me, you can text me at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show anytime. Remember, you can listen to all of our replays over on iTunes, timandjulieharris.com, or Stitcher. Have a fantastic day, guys. And, of course, we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow or anytime if you want to listen to our replays. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.